the zoo out there So just be cool, don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't, then you can be in And a welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello. It is great to be back in what is our first podcast of the official summer. We are now into the summer, and we're almost done. We're almost there. We are, and it's been a cruel summer indeed. Oh, good plug for a show <laughs> that we just started watching. <laughs> Yeah, do you like Cruel Summer? So far, so good. I mean, we've only watched the first two episodes at this point, but I'm invested. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting so far. They're doing some uh, fun timeline things. Yeah, I really am drawn to, like, I really enjoy shows or any form of storytelling that plays with form in an interesting way. And this show is really pulling off the three timelines pretty seamlessly. Yeah, no, they're making the 90s seem like quite a place to live. <laughs> yeah, love some 90s. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty dark show. <laughs> it's kind of like if, um, if the meme, how it started, how it's going came to life. <laughs> yeah, and the answer is poorly. Yeah, the answer is not great. Meanwhile, I am elite trash once again. Yeah, I guess Elite is back. My favorite Gossip Girl plus murder Spanish language Netflix drama. I love it so much. Really like dark teen dramas is kind of the mood right now. Maybe for you. For me. For me, the summer means the return of Lego Masters. Oh boy. (laughs) Where I can once again watch grown adults. Adults? Adults. Adults. Play with Legos for hours on end, and I'm not mad at it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that it entertains you. It really does. I find it to be very wholesome and entertaining. Will Arnett's voice is just so distracting. I have to leave the room if I'm going to get anything done. Like, he's just Batman. I mean, he was never even Batman. He was Lego Batman, hence why he is the host of Lego Masters. No, I know. He was Lego Batman. Yeah, but he was never like Batman Batman. I stand by what I said. Okay. See, I didn't have much exposure to Legos growing up. They were very much, when we were younger, marketed, I think, as a as a boy thing, which I think leads into this episode. You think Legos were marketed as a boy thing? I feel like there were Lego sets that were... But the cool ones. It was very gendered. I don't know. Or I don't know if... My sister really wanted Legos at one point. I think that the quote-unquote girl sets didn't come out until later. I guess quote I wouldn't unquote, know. I wasn't really paying guess attention. What? Guess what? Legos don't have genders. <laughs> did you know that? I did know that. Yeah, they are pieces of plastic. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, no, the vibe was very much like girls played with Barbies and boys played with Legos. 
And you did indeed play with Barbies. I did. But I think that that really ties into this episode and like just the way that gender is depicted (laughs) in this show Um, and very heavy handedly in this episode as there being things that girls do and things that guys do. And that is just the way of the of the universe. Yeah, it didn't age well. Yeah, this episode was kind of cringy to watch. And I feel like as as soon as you figured out the premise, you were kind of like, oh, no, I can see where this is going. <laughs> and you're kind of like you're you're watching through like the crack between your fingers. You're like, oh, no, I, I know where this is going. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> then it just goes there. Yeah, I think that it was a product of its time. And it was another one of those episodes that really made me think about the content that we were consuming as kids and what was being put out there at the time and just what we were internalizing about gender in the case of this episode. You know what, though? One thing was very true to form, and that was if Lizzie finds something that she enjoys, she will absolutely quit it within the first (laughs) 20 minutes. (laughs) It's true. This is fun. No. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I Maybe know. I should develop some interest. No, there's like this fine line of like, you can only be interested in it for a one episode arc. That's it. And if you seem too interested in it, where like it might surpass that one episode arc, you are going to ha- have an intervention. I know. Can you imagine Sam McGuire's excitement if he learned, if he ever learned that Lizzie was into football? He has a Walter Payton signed football hanging above his mantle. Okay. Do you want to just jump into the episode? Because I feel like there's a lot to unpack and talk through. Yeah. I know you love a good presidential fitness challenge. So let's dive into it. So triggering. (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) Yeah. 2003, do it for a W. That was like W the height. needs you to achieve that was, your fitness. That was literally the height of it, wasn't it? I mean, I have no idea. We were six. No, but that was like I feel like I feel like the presidential fitness challenge came out of the Bush administration. You don't think Bill cared about fitness? Hold on, this is taking me to a weird place. Like to this Vox article, a brief history of the bizarre and sadistic presidential fitness test. The sadistic. <laughs> Someone was really scarred by this presidential. Okay, fitness this test. actually goes back way. I, I gave I gave the Bush administration way too much credit. Yeah, it was like this feels like something that was absolutely primed for one of those like '60s <laughs> instructional videos. One of the subheadings that's like describing this history says, "In the 1950s, Eisenhower panicked because of fit Swiss kids." <laughs> <laughs> Fit Swiss kids? What are you talking about? That's literally a sentence. I literally do not think of fitness when I think of Switzerland, (laughs) although maybe I should because top tennis player Roger Federer comes from the country of Switzerland, so maybe I should realign myself and now associate Switzerland with fitness. In the early 1950s, Krauss and Pruden administered the Krauss-Weber test to 4,000 United States kids and 3,000 kids in Switzerland, Italy, and Austria. Their results were horrifying for America. 58% of U.S. kids failed, compared with just 8% of the Europeans. Swiss kids were frighteningly fit. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is incredible. This is a whole. This is a whole thing. Is this real? This is real. This is a Vox article, and then Eisenhower acted on this and created the presidential fitness challenge. One of Dwight D's contributions. Oh man, Eisenhower, um, shell shocked from the war. <laughs> It's like, you know what's next? These kids. <laughs> How will these kids join the military if they're out of shape? Now I'm seeing some propaganda posters with Kennedy's face on it. We could go down a whole... Okay, so then there's a photo of H.W. Bush. So I wasn't like... Can you imagine... Totally off base here. Can you imagine the appall on Ike's face if he knew that today there were kids out there taking virtual gym classes? <laughs> <laughs> a virtual gym class. This is not fitness. <laughs> well, okay, this could take us down to an entire rabbit hole of just like the scarring nature of gym class and the sort of like trauma that can stem from these types of challenges and putting like arbitrary measures of fitness for kids to meet and like defining what fitness is. For like elementary school children, I don't know. It's I don't like it. Well, I don't remember having to do fitness tests. Well, actually, we I guess did it we in did. elementary school. We had to run around the where the buses that loop like multiple times, and we had our mile. Oh, yeah, it was, was like timed. a mile run. Yeah. yeah, that was part of the presidential fitness challenge. Presidential fitness challenge. It was just so embarrassing. The pull up part was very embarrassing for me, and that is where we start. God, gym class was horrible. Well, this is only a small part of the episode. You haven't introduced the episode yet. So we're well, getting, I know. We're getting very stuck in the gym class, which I, you know, I'm not mad at it because, the, well, like you said, there's a lot we could talk about with the, with gym class and the fitness challenge specifically. Okay, well, you're the one who I said I'm going to intro the episode, and you were like the presidential fitness ta- challenge, and then I went on a tangent about it. Let me live. Okay, sorry structure we have two episodes left if people are still listening to this podcast then i mean (laughs) we have two episodes of lizzie mcguire left but we have much more to talk about correct let us not forget i mean all the content coming down the pipeline all the content coming down the pipeline we need to each identify our top five episodes now that we've seen all 64 65 episodes we need to do that. We need to watch the, or we need to read this stupid book, the um, Orchids and Gumbo Club, <laughs> Poker Club. <laughs> yeah, our Lizzie McGuire movie roundtable, where we have multiple confirmed guests. We need to do Survivor, Hurt versus Tired versus Hungry, <laughs> which may or may not include the return of Big Brother, Big Sister winner, Coach <laughs> Kelly, who made an appearance this episode. Yeah. I know there's a lot left to cover here, so you know two episodes. Uh, I we have more yet. Yes. Yeah. Hold your hats. Hold your hats. <laughs> but today, before I start talking about my gym class trauma for another <laughs> ten minutes, okay. Today we are going to be discussing Lizzie McGuire season two, episode thirty-three. Just one of the guys. In this episode, Lizzie is invited to play touch football with the guys, but she is worried when Ethan calls her a dude. She feels she is losing her femininity by playing football. This episode aired on November 21st, 2003. 
It's actually flag football, not touch football, and certainly not tackle football, which Lizzie does. Straight up. (laughs) Yeah, someone should have probably explained the rules to her. But back to the presidential fitness challenge. (laughs) (laughs) They make this presidential fitness challenge so awkward. So for us, and I don't know if this was standardized across everywhere, but the flex arm hang was a part of the presidential fitness challenge However, the bars were screwed into the wall so that when you hung there, you couldn't see the other people looking at you. But this gym is set up so awkwardly that they just place bars in the middle of the room so that everybody can just stare at you and you have to stare back at them, which just feels like an unnecessary amount of pressure. I also like how they have to like jump up. (laughs) I feel like when we did it, there was like a step or something. Yeah, and it was like, Just hang. That was always my um, poorest performance. Yeah, so it was that. I mean, one of them was literally just flexibility. It was like touch your toes. Nailed it. And then there there was sit-ups and then there was a pacer challenge. And that was the fitness challenge that we had. I don't think they ever, when we did it though, they never called it the presidential fitness challenge. It was just fitness testing. I think by then the president had dropped off. (laughs) Yeah, presidential is really reminiscent of like elementary school for me, like around the time that this episode uh, elementary existed. So many stupid things that they made us do in elementary school. Remember when we would just like sit on those little boards with wheels on our butts and just like scoot around? <laughs> no. <laughs> what are what you, you talking? What are you talking about? It was about? like for like an obstacle course. It was those little like four wheel. They were little square boards and you would just sit on them, but they had wheels and you would just like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No. Remember parachute day? Parachute day? And you would raise it up and then you would run under it and sit on it and then you'd all be under the parachute. Oh, vaguely. Do you remember the rope climbing? Yeah. And the itty bitty rock climbing wall? I do. Yeah. One time Sam and I were in the same gym class. Fun fact. That's true. We played four square. <laughs> we <laughs> did. There was a four square unit. <laughs> Remember the way there was a four square unit? Yeah, I would always <laughs> very much pick the non-sport option. And I feel like you probably would have picked more contact, but you just started choosing whatever I did. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Although four square got a little violent. I'm not going to lie. There were some violent people in that four square. That's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Yeah, we had our Foursquare, we had our badminton, we had our table tennis, we had our yoga, we had our power walking. I never did the yoga. I never did yoga in gym class. That's true. Or power. I don't I don't think I ever did power walking. We had our golf. We had our archery. I don't remember doing any of those segments, but <laughs> maybe that's just me. They all existed. Okay. But yes, we start this episode with, as Sam called it, the flexed arm hang. They just so conveniently have four bars set up so that our principal characters can all hang from it at the same time. It's kind of inconvenient considering how many people are in the gym class. You only have four bars. Gordo asks what hanging from a bar has to do with fitness. And I felt very seen in that moment. I was like, yeah. It's about your grip strength and upper body strength, Gordon. So we have Lizzie, Ethan, Gordo, and Miranda who all go at the same time and Miranda falls first then Gordo falls and 
I would love to know where all of this upper body strength came from, from Lizzie McGuire. It was a very impressive showing. It's the rhythmic gymnastics. It is. Yeah, she's got rhythmic. Yeah, soon enough. Only 10 seconds to go until Ethan and Lizzie break a school record. And Lizzie's like, this is so cool. Beating a school record with Ethan. I think Ethan has the strength, but he doesn't have the grip. So he slips and he is on the floor and Lizzie beats the record on her own. Very cool. So much, so much upper body strength. Ethan, I mean, Lizzie later on, uh, spoiler alert, when they arm wrestle, Lizzie has more strength than Ethan. It's not even like they have an equivalent amount of strength and Ethan is just heavier. Like Lizzie is. (laughs) Lizzie is lift power lifting in her spare time. Lizzie lifts, bro. (laughs) You know, they keep tying this opening scene back to the concept of, like, presidential, right? Ethan's like, the president is going to be here. All of these references. So this opening ends with cartoon Lizzie sort of stating that Lizzie for president in 2024. It's right around the corner. She better start campaigning. I know. Honestly, not as far off as it could have been (laughs) when she made that bold claim. Uh, remember when we played the board game, The Presidential? I do. What a wild experience. It got so mad. System is so broken. It was a crazy game. It was kind of like Risk beats, I don't know, Yahtzee. And you would just roll dice to claim states and constituents. <laughs> it, it, it really is a testament to our broken system. Because you just need the electoral votes. So then we cut to theme song. And then we're back. It is lunchtime and everyone is sort of still talking about how, you know, the pull-ups went, Lizzie's record. Ethan comes over and Ethan is displaying some pretty nauseating white male fragility in this episode. Well, Ethan comes over and also uh, a new character who we're going to get conveniently two episodes before there are no more episodes. <laughs> Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Who is Th- who is this Thomas? Where did Thomas come from? I don't know. I didn't Yeah, this is so this is the first we've asked before, I think, does Ethan have any friends? And the answer we finally get <laughs> is yes. He has Thomas. He has Thomas. Who is Thomas? Why is Thomas? What? When is Thomas? We'll never know. What is this weird <laughs> sexual energy between <laughs> Lizzie and Thomas? Oh, yeah. the That look they had at the end there. There's just a lot to ask. There are a lot of questions. Yeah. But yeah, Ethan's all like, I would shake your hand, but I don't want you to break it. Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like Thomas is always there first, right? Like Thomas is always the one who's going over to Lizzie and being like, hey, I just wanted to congratulate you. And then Ethan is coming over. Like, so it's clear Thomas has a thing, you know, definitely Thomas is there making moves. He is. And Ethan is just there like, oh, I told this girl that I only wanted to be friends. She's kind of obsessed with me. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't want to do this. Like Thomas. (laughs) Yeah. But Thomas is like, yeah, I'm all about that. Thomas is like, yeah, Lizzie's such a monster, which is apparently the sincerest form of flattery from a 14-year-old boy. Well, yeah, I mean, any of the any of that like uh lingo, like Lizzie, you're a beast. Ethan, again, he has he he is feeling a little insecure about this, this slip and fall. He has a bit of a male pride thing going on. Was it Thomas who was like, you guys should arm wrestle? 
No, it was Miranda. That was her big contribution. Oh, that to the was episode. Miranda's contribution. Yeah, yeah she so. was like, maybe you guys need to do a a rematch, or you know, <laughs> you can arm wrestle. Yeah, and arm, and she is the referee. <laughs> so yes, he now has to arm wrestle Lizzie to assert his male dominance, and I really appreciated the like. So they're in, they're in the hold, they're ready to go, and he's just like. Lizzie, 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 like as they're like arm wrestling. Yeah. I mean, this really does feel like a no win situation for Ethan Kraft. I don't understand why you would ever agree to this because it's either like one, you've just like crushed some girl <laughs> at arm wrestling for no reason, or you've just gotten beaten and now your ego can't take it. It feels like a no win situation for Ethan Kraft. And his ego cannot take it. But yeah, I don't know. This was, for me, I think a disappointing episode for Ethan Craft, for sure. Like, oh my gosh, the audacity. I still do want to know how Lizzie is so strong, though. Yeah. No, I've never seen her lift. I've ra- I rarely have seen her exercise. Just rhythmic gymnastics. Just, ryth- just the rhythmic gymnastics episode. Yeah, exactly. Coincidentally, one of the last times we saw Coach Kelly. That's true. (laughs) So then we flip to the B story, and it's another weird one for Matt McGuire. So I was following it all the way up until the very end of the episode, and we can talk about that more. But yeah, I just felt like the ending came, like there was a twist in the end that just came out of nowhere. So yeah, Matt's in his room, and Joe is like, you need to stay here until you finish your homework. And He's Matt McGuire, you know, he's he's not going to do that. And so he is finding ways to distract himself. He covers himself up with tape. Eventually, he's going to fall asleep. And that is going to open the door for just a bizarre turn of events. Yeah, so we learn that Fredo, the chimpanzee, is a low-key savant. Well, only, knows, only at multiplication, though. He, he knows multiplication. Yeah. So Fredo, when Matt is sleeping, enters through the window of Matt's bedroom and just does his math homework. And my thing is like, the my thing about this is like, this is quirky. This could be fun. But then it's like every time Matt wakes up, he, he doesn't question what is going on. He's just like, oh, I did this in my sleep. Yeah, he just thinks that he did it. He thinks that somehow like... <laughs> The secret is the act of falling asleep that makes him complete the homework. Like he's some sort of werewolf or vampire. <laughs> yeah, that part just makes no sense. Yeah, who just like completely takes on another personality. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Yeah, and every time he wakes up, he screams a different nonsensical thing. Yeah. That I appreciated. Yeah, he has a lot of nightmares. You should yeah, get that checked out. Yeah. <laughs> vampires! <laughs> Yeah, so that is the setup over there. So then we flip back to Lizzie, and she is at the Digital Bean with her friends, and Thomas and Ethan approach her. They need a fifth player for flag football, and who better to ask than Muscles McGuire? Muscles McGuire, yeah. Did you like how Thomas comes over, and he's just like, Lizzie, can I touch your bicep? What a smooth move by Thomas in the beginning of that scene. He is so into her. (laughs) Yeah, he's all over the bicep. But don't touch people without their consent, Thomas. (laughs) He's like, flex for me. Ooh, yeah. Just like that. (laughs) 
And Lizzie's friends are supportive. Miranda wants to go and be a cheerleader. I liked when Gordo was like, I don't have the legs to be a cheerleader. That's like a, but, um, Oh, sorry. Was that, was that a cue? Were you cueing me? Not enough symbol on that sound, I have to say. Okay, well, I didn't record that I sound know. myself. I <laughs> it know. just came with the machine. So that is essentially the scene, right? I didn't I I didn't miss anything. They want Lizzie to play, right? They want uh, Lizzie to play football with them. Yeah, and she's in. Cool. She's in. Cooly. <laughs> Coolionis. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh no, you know I can't let that one go. Coolionis. So then we are back at, at Matt McGuire's school. We get back-to-back episodes for Miss Chapman, who seems in a much better mood these days. I think you mean Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. Could you say that again? Jasmine. <laughs> I did. It's been a long <laughs> time. Please stop. <laughs> She's in good mood now. She is. Yeah. Jasmine and Digby sitting in a tree. Do you think this is like a legit, like a legit continuation? This is the math homework that Matt McGuire didn't have to do that night. <laughs> he had a little <laughs> bit of an extension on it. <laughs> I think that type of continuity is giving this show way too much credit. But this is literally like probably two days later. If it works, it works. And Jasmine is feeling good. This was another weird music episode. Also, it was. And Marissa and I have a, a suspicion. That it's not the original music, but obviously we have no way to go back and see. So call out to the listeners. If somebody knows if this if the music in this episode, I feel like specifically the montage of her like getting ready <laughs> yeah, for school. Yeah, getting ready for school is uh if there was other music when this originally aired, we would be very curious. We would be. Yeah. But yes, Jasmine is back. She is disappointed in everybody's performance on their math homework except for Matt McGuire, which should be a glaring red flag, but she, as we have already discussed, is distracted these days. And Matt is like, oh my God, I am brilliant. And Melina is upset. Yeah, she she gets a little scary. She's like, well, now take my homework home with you so it'll get done too. Yeah, so then we are at the football field. Lizzie has no idea how to play. She's just kind of along for the ride here. Yeah, Ethan's trying to explain to her, like, how she should line up on defense. It's actually... Okay, so actually, in Lizzie's defense, there are a lot of things that are a little bit wrong about this um, flag football situation. First of all, they have, like, a full offensive-defensive line that's, like, pushing against each other, trying to, like, sack the quarterback. That's not really how I've ever played flag football before. It's pretty much, like, everybody drops back into coverage. And then you just wait 10 seconds. And if the quarterback hasn't thrown the ball yet, then open season. There's never like blocking. (laughs) So I can see why she got confused and just like tackled this poor kid, Jose. Yeah. See, right now I feel like you are the Ethan to my Lizzie. You're just saying words. Well, okay. Yeah. That's a little dramatic. I, I understand the concept. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, Ethan's not even explaining, like, hard defense. He's like, it's man-to-man defense. <laughs> Which, when is it ever anything else in, like, a recreational flag football game? They're not going to drop into a zone. Well, all we see, really, is 
one play and it's all we needed is the entire That game. was the whole game. It was the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> it was just making sure Jose didn't score once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about Jose. And she fully tackled him. <laughs> Into a mud pit. And he's like, yo, it's flag football. What are you doing? It is. I mean, he's not wrong. But everybody's like, yeah, Lizzie, way to go. Ethan says, you're a total dude. And Thomas calls her a monster. And at first, okay, so this is where the plot really starts to, or like the whole point of the episode starts to crystallize. So at first, Lizzie thinks that it is cool, right? Like she is good at this. She is hanging out with the guys. They like her. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be a dude. And then Kate is just being Kate. And she's like, yeah, Lizzie, you are a total dude. That is when the flip switches for Lizzie. And she's like, oh, so if I play. <laughs> Did you say that on purpose? Say what? The flip switches. <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? Did you just break? I did. Okay, so that's when the switch flips. <laughs> so, I mean, you're definitely going to keep the first one. Yes. It's when the switch flips for Lizzie, and she's like, oh, if I keep playing flag football, I'll never get a date. I will never get a boyfriend. I will never fall in love. They they are just going to see me as a guy. Bat, abort, abort. I am not into this anymore. Well, there's one guy. Gordo's had a crush on you for, like, ever. <laughs> and the whole notion of this is so ridiculous. Wait, is there a second guy? What about that Ronnie guy? <laughs> yes, there is empirical evidence that Lizzie has doters. Doters? <laughs> Slow down there, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, so this whole episode from this point on becomes a dissection of what is masculine and what is feminine and what is the appropriate amount of both to be. Yeah, I mean, this immediately transitions into a bad dream that Lizzie has. Because girls can't be strong or sport. <laughs> yeah, and so she wakes up. I mean, multiple people having bad dreams waking up screaming in this episode. Yeah. That's very true. So she wakes up and she calls Miranda at 5.30 in the morning. So Miranda's entire house is now awake. Yes. Because <laughs> that's how landlines work. Yes. And she's like, Miranda, what have I done? Everybody thinks I'm a guy. Maybe you're a guy girl. Yes. Okay. So that becomes like the phrase in this episode that I just want to stab <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah. Like, what the Imagine just like inserting the concept of like gender as a construct and like gender fluid and non-binary into Lizzie McGuire. I think the whole universe would just like shatter in half and cease to exist. I mean, yeah, the idea that Lizzie could like someone who's not a guy. <laughs> also, the whole Sadie Hawkins dance would just go out the window. Yeah, just like the cis heteronormativity of this show is just so beyond glaring. In this episode, as was most content in 2003, especially content for the, you know, Disney kid 8 to 12 demo. Very true. 
But it's still, it's so, it's so glaring watching it now and so disappointing. Maybe you're a guy girl and Lizzie just spiraling and thinking that nobody will want to date her because of this and thinking, oh, well, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be more of a girly girl, the girliest girl you've ever seen. The girliest girl. I just, again, think about the way gender is depicted and what we internalized as, again, as I was watching this as a seven-year-old. And, like, that matters. Do you think this is Sam and Joe's fault? Like, do you think Sam and Joe just haven't instilled enough confidence in Lizzie McGuire? Because, like, I had a, a neighbor, like, when I was growing up. She and I did a lot of, like, sports things and, like... We were very competitive with each other. She was probably, she probably would have been Lizzie's worst nightmare, honestly. (laughs) But like, I feel like a lot of that was like her dad being like, you have to do this. Like, (laughs) no one's gonna win for you. You have to go (laughs) basically beat me up. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, see, I was, I was going in a more, um, not violent direction, (laughs) um, thinking about, When I was in elementary school and I had, you know, a few friends who were boys and we would like play video games together, like that type of competition. And I never really thought about like, oh, this isn't a girly thing to do. Sorry, my neighbor and I were very into presidential fitness. (laughs) Were you? Were you? I was into Mario Party, but... Our age group is the, like, we're the youngest ones who have really, like, started to normalize conversations about, like, gender identity and gender fluidity and, like, the binary, I guess. So it's weird, like, going back and seeing the show that is so binary and so, like, restrictive in that way. Yeah. Um, and thinking about... How language has changed so much in a period of, what, it was 2003, so like 18 years. Yeah, over a period of uh, three presidents. Three presidents. <laughs> three, three presidents later. Yeah, it's like, like that, where we are now, it's just bizarre to watch this episode. And that kind of colors the rest of this episode for me. I don't know, I just, the number of times that guy girl is uttered is too many and like even the moral of the episode still is a little cringy yeah and it doesn't go anywhere no as usual as usual but let's let's bring it back to the flow of the episode we really flip back between the same two stories fredo continues to be a math savant while matt is sleeping then we get that montage of Lizzie doing, quote, girly things, painting her nails, doing her makeup. And I mean, she's doing the same facial she did in the last episode, which makes me, again, think that this is literally the next day. A little bit of continuity. Yeah. She needs one part clueless and two parts legally blonde. And I thought that those were some great, some great cultural references. And again, this is the scene with music that we feel like is a generic replacement. So it did not fit the scene. It did not fit the scene. And it felt it felt like it was really begging for lyrics. It did. Like super probably like on the nose lyrics. Yes. 
something along the lines of like, it's a brand new me. <laughs> yeah. And she arrives at school looking quite honestly like herself. Like there isn't any sort of like radical shift in her aesthetic. She just woke up earlier and took longer to get to the end result. And I think Gordo notice, notes that too, right? He's like, you don't really look that different. Yeah, no one is impressed with this. And even, well, even, for various reasons. Even and Thomas are like, uh, so are you going to change into something else? Yeah, wear your football clothes. And Lizzie's like, oh, I don't do that anymore. But I'll come and watch. And they're like, dude, we don't need another cheerleader. We need a player. And then Ethan says, oh, I guess girls really don't play football. And then they exit the scene and Lizzie and Miranda go on to explain the concept of a guy girl to Gordo. And Lizzie just feels doomed. Like, guess what? She just she she played herself with this whole showing strength. She'll she'll never get a date to prom. She'll never be asked out. She'll never have a boyfriend. I guess all because but of the it's presidential not gonna, fitness challenge. Th- but it's not going to be Ethan Kraft. Like Ethan Kraft has made his opinion on Lizzie very clear. Honestly, like what she's doing is working for Thomas. Just like open your eyes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like Thomas is into it. It's <laughs> so true. I don't really understand where all this uh, is coming from. Read the room and know your audience. My God. Like Lizzie. Lizzie Seriously. Lizzie, Lizzie. Thomas, right there. So back at the house, Sam and Joe would like to talk to Matt. He automatically thinks that he is in trouble. Why, no, father. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it is a good conversation as they are quite proud of him for doing so well in math. And this is the part where it's like, okay, so Matt is aware that it is not the sleep. Right. Like he is aware that something is going on, but he still doesn't really interrogate that. He just runs away. Yeah. I'm so confused. Like, I feel like he does still think it's his sleep. Why does he bolt? Like, what is his motivation in this episode? I don't understand. Well, probably because if they ask him what his secret is and he's like, I fall asleep and then I wake (laughs) up and my math homework is gone. They're going to think he's a psycho. There would be a lot of questions. (laughs) It's better to just avoid the entire conversation. True. So we have that quick little snippet and then we are back to Lizzie and her problems. And she is going to confide in none other than Coach Kelly, our beloved Dot Marie Jones. Dot Marie Jones. (laughs) Back again. She's got bars this episode. I mean, showing that social game that won her big brother, big sister. No doubt. And if you haven't listened yet, I mean, this is uh, all the proof you need that she is just a masterful uh, social strategist. But yes, Lizzie thinks that she has ruined her social life. And to that, I ask her, like, what do you think has fundamentally changed? Like, Gordo and Miranda (laughs) are your social life. Kate doesn't like you. Wait, wait, you skipped over the the very beginning. She walks into the gym. Coach Kelly is working out. She has this medicine ball. She's like, Lizzie, catch. (laughs) Lizzie just does not catch. She repels anything. Yeah. And she's like, oh, Coach Kelly, everyone thinks I'm a guy girl because I set a record. I do have to say it was a lovely 
message coming from Dot Marie Jones here. I agree. I agree. Strength isn't a boy thing. Yeah, and people who think it is are severely lacking in the brain. It's true. And now she's going to list off a bunch of random female athletes, but like the (laughs) C-list of female athletes, it feels like. I don't know. Like none of them aged to the point where like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, none of these were recognizable names. We had to Google every (laughs) single one of them. I know. Who'd she say? Brandy Chastain, Peekaboo Street, and Kelly Clark? Like, come on, that's the best you have? Especially during the Mia Hamm era. Yeah, give me some Mia Hamm. Give me some, I don't know, maybe this is too, Michelle Kwan. Maybe, I don't know, Michelle Wee. Maybe some Tanya Harding. (laughs) No. Not Tanya. Tanya's not Disney Channel appropriate. (laughs) Probably not. But yes, there were other options. This show was shockingly decent at referencing cultural things that stuck, right? Like in terms of the clueless and legally blonde and they they it just had like for as many pop culture references as it makes. Most of them have withheld the test of time, so it's actually really funny to me when they don't. Yeah, this was like, was like strike one, two, about? and three. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting too because they frame it in this specific scene as like being strong and I think that being a strong woman is something that has become such like a phrase that's thrown around now that doesn't even necessarily deal with or like speak to physical strength that there's like so many different types of strong women really Sam you were going to tell me what a strong woman is you didn't let me finish my thought (laughs) and now it's just gone (laughs) I was ready to be attacked like this Yeah, nope, it's gone. The thought is gone and you ruined it. Well, it's almost like an aphorism at this point, isn't it? Well, like if she had said Kelly Clarkson instead of Kelly Clark, Kelly Clarkson also a strong woman. I hear you in that it is a phrase that is used and maybe overused to the point of like, like what does that even mean? Like there isn't a real definition. Its meaning has evolved over time and we talk about this a lot in my world specifically with like YA protagonists you know and this idea of a strong female protagonist and what does that mean and how strength can mean a bunch of different things and how there's like this caricature of like a like a Katniss Everdeen that is strong in a in an athletic and badass way, typically. But I think that like being, you know, softer and vulnerable and being able to express yourself is also strength. And I think that different, these different ideas of what strength is are valued in different ways based on the patriarchy, essentially. Like strong women is like as close as you can. The closer you can get to a man, the stronger you are. Yeah. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I am so glad because I don't know how much sense it made. I I felt like Michael Scott. Yeah, it took you a while to get there. (laughs) But I think I made it. Did you? (laughs) For those who, I mean, like we did not set up any context for this, but it is very late at night, like 
two days before a major move across the country. <laughs> so if, if we seem a little all over the place, it's because we are. Do you have anything else to say about Dot Marie Jones? I do. She likes to go swing dancing with Mr. Lang. Who is Mr. Lang? Unclear. And she even sews her own dresses because regular sized dresses don't fit her. Don't fit her arms. Yeah. Her power lifting arms. She's just ripping out of them. I mean, I hear you, Dot Marie Jones. I have the same problem. <laughs> yeah, Dot, Mar- <laughs> Dot Marie Jones contains multitudes, and Lizzie McGuire can too. She also makes. <laughs> can she, though? Lizzie McGuire can. She's like, wait, I can have more than one interest? I have a pro. It's so hard for me to even hold one. <laughs> <laughs> and she makes the valid point also that Ethan calls everyone a dude. Dude. Righteous. Yeah. So then we flip back to Matt. He is woken up by Fredo. Multiplication is his limit. Hasn't covered long division yet in monkey school. Yes, that is that is a term that was introduced in this episode. Yeah, so this is where it gets weird because Matt is asleep and Fredo comes in and wakes him up. And then Matt starts chastising Fredo about not being able to do long division like he was aware the entire time that Fredo was the one doing his homework. But there was no context for that. It really just undid everything, didn't it? Yeah, it didn't it make made any sense. No sense. No, it didn't make any sense. And then Joe and Sam come in with the two big guys, and Jeremy and David. They have names now. Why is one of them named David when Gordo's name is also <laughs> David? If I was Sam and Joe, I would be like Gordo's dad's name is also David. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you serious? Why is everybody's name David? <laughs> Ew, David. If I was Sam and Joe, the amount of times this monkey has escaped from his owners, this is not a coincidence. Like, what are they doing to this monkey that it needs? The, it feels the need to run away every day. Like, this is concerning. Take better care of your monkey. You ha- you're not treating it responsibly. People should not even have monkeys. That's a whole other that's a whole other conversation on like the ethics of, you know, Jeremy and David co-parenting a monkey. That's its own podcast. Stay tuned for our Tiger King podcast. And that kind of wraps up the B story. Does it? I mean, then Sam then Jeremy and David are chastising Fredo because apparently they've taught him long division already. Yeah, they're like, what the heck, Fredo? How many times do we have to go over this, Fredo? And then Sam, still apparently traumatized from when the IRS was going to, like, arrest him, <laughs> it's like, maybe Fredo can do our taxes. Seems like a reliable source. Why does Sam's taxes include division? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's just addition and subtraction. That is the question. <laughs> this, is, this is why he's having trouble with his taxes. He's trying to just randomly divide things. He's dividing his assets, funneling funds overseas. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, this took a turn. Yeah, he's got some shell corpse <laughs> in the Cayman Islands. I mean, it would explain the fact that they live in like a LA suburb, let's say Sherman Oaks, with like no real sense of his employment status. Don't you have somewhere to be, like, like work? <laughs> no. And then finally, we are back at the football field. Lizzie is here. She's ready to play. This is where we get the line of the episode. 
actually the two lines of the, well, I guess it is the line of the episode. So it's set up by Kate who comes in <laughs> really strong on Baja <laughs> men. She's all, she's all into Baja men right now. Who let the dogs out? To which Lizzie replies. <laughs> just so candidly. Nobody likes you, Kate. <laughs> Mike dropped. Yeah. I mean, who needs a comeback when you can just spit bars like that? <laughs> Nobody likes you, Kate. Oh, how Lizzie has grown from episode one. Uh, I, I, uh, uh, I, I, I mean, that's growth. That, I suppose that is growth. Yeah. But yes, Lizzie is back. She wants in, but they have a full lineup. So who sacrifices himself for McGee? None other than Ethan Craft. And um, Lizzie comes in and she does work right away. She's sacking the QB. <laughs> interception return for a touchdown. <laughs> Why she's never on offense, I don't really understand. She only ever plays defense. It's true. <laughs> I don't understand this flag football game. And Miranda and Gordo are there watching and Miranda's like, ah, they're going to think of her as a guy girl. And Gordo is like, I don't think she cares what they think. And I think that's pretty cool. Gordo's had a crush on you for like ever. Yeah, Gordo's feeling it. As is Thomas. As is Thomas? What was that? (laughs) Yeah. Please tell me Thomas is in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. There was just some definite sexual energy happening between them, right? Oh, absolutely. Then we'll never see him again. We're never going to see Thomas again? He had such a big part. He had like multiple speaking lines, like too many to never see him again. Maybe it would have been developed further if we got a season three. But that's how the episode ends with Lizzie and Thomas bonding over flag football. I I, I did like, well, what did you think of the choice to, you know, write in another guy so it wasn't just another Ethan situation? Because I feel like, this Ethan Croft stuff has been so overplayed. Uh, needed. Yeah, it, I felt it felt fresh. I mean, this, the world of dynamic. Lizzie McGuire is too small. Yeah, I agree like, with that. There's a full school. Like, I feel like any ensemble now has way more kids yeah. than what Lizzie McGuire tries to pull off by being like, there's obviously a full uh, school full of kids here, but we're going to focus on these five, maybe six on a good day. Yeah, I mean, I thought that Thomas felt fun and fresh and we could have potentially seen more of him in the future if there would have been a future. You know, speaking of the presidential, before Lizzie McGuire, the actor who played Thomas, Andrew McFarlane, was in four episodes of The West Wing. Wow. Yeah. Also, on like a representation note, it was... Nice. I mean, this is a very low bar to clear, but this is what we're working with with this show to have a black boy in a speaking role who has lines of dialogue. Yeah, where's Lanny? I don't know where Lanny is. I miss Lanny. And that that's the episode. Now it's time to talk about some outfits. What I really want to talk about more than outfits was just like the evolution of Ethan Kraft's hair throughout this episode because it was wild. <laughs> Is he naturally curly? Maybe. Like it got very curly it got at the very end. very curly outside. 
I, yeah, I'm confused. Is it straight or curly? Like, what is his natural hair state? I don't know. Is he wearing a wig? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Clayton, if you're listening, <laughs> you're definitely not. Why? Okay, so we're at gym class, and there's the classic gym class outfits that we've talked about so many times. Ethan decides to forego it and just wear a blue sweatshirt. Did he not change for gym class on Presidential Fitness Challenge Day? Lizzie's not wearing your typical gym outfit either, though. Also, this form, the resting your chin on the bar, (laughs) big (laughs) no-no from all the gym teachers when we actually did the Presidential Fitness Challenge. That was an immediate uh, disqualification. Yeah. It definitely, hey. it definitely looks like when you freeze frame that they're just, which is obviously what's happening, that they're just standing there and just like, like that they have their footing under them. Wait, you don't think she actually broke a record? What? What? Yeah, Ethan looks like he's struggling. I mean, that is hashtag acting. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So then we're at lunch and you're right. This is the outfit Lizzie has in the beginning of the episode. And the outfit she ends up putting together is basically just another version of this outfit. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, we're called the outfit repeaters for a reason. The style on the show is and always has been distinct and notable. And this idea that Lizzie needs to change up her look, but then doesn't actually change anything was hilarious to me. Do you like Ethan's shirt? What is the print? Designs. Just like graphic. Yeah. It's okay. Always rocking the puka necklace. Yeah, even in this freeze frame, you can tell Thomas is like, yeah, into it. (laughs) I feel like just like whenever you freeze frame Thomas, he's always making a face. Making eyes. Yeah. There it is again. Matt McGuire continues to Matt McGuire. Why is Fredo always wearing clothes? He's a monkey. With class. Yeah, look at you, Jasmine. Jasmine, you know, I feel like in the previous episode, she was dressed very seriously. Here she's like, she's a little bit more casual, I think. Is this happiness? I think it is. And you know what? (laughs) I do like the small consistency. She is still wearing green, as she encouraged all of her students to wear. Green makes her happy. (laughs) Yeah, that's how you know she's happy, because she's wearing green. And Matt McGuire continues on his Steve from Blue's Clues rotation. They they bought out all of the different designs the Gap was offering that year. Yes. Okay, so now we're at the football scene, and Ethan's hair is an entirely different texture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I am baffled. It's like so, cur- it's not even like, oh, it got a little bit curly. It's very curly. It is so curly. It makes me almost think that that would be his natural hair. Um, and they straighten it or they just put it in a wig? And they straighten it. And like that would be what his hair does outside. Usually hair, you know, hair is going to hair in the elements. You can't really, you can't really control it. Yeah, it does kind of look like it's raining on this like flag football day. It doesn't look like a great day. Yeah. That they chose to film this. I was going to say, I wonder if they filmed the flag football scenes like after they finished filming the season. It's like an outdoor location. I wonder if they finished like all the, you know, set like the set shots first. And then they were like, and now we just have to finish by filming you all playing flag football. But Ethan Kraft had already been like, well, 
I'm not getting back into character for this. Maybe. That's, that's certainly a theory. I was going to say that as we go through this and look at the outfits, it makes this narrative of guy-girl girliness feel even more ridiculous because Lizzie McGuire is looking hella cute in her quote-unquote football outfits. Always styling, McGee. All right, so here's the outfit that she ends up going with. I almost want to say that I've seen this shirt before. <laughs> this might be an outfit repeat. Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. <laughs> Is anything else notable? Is Miranda wearing some K-Swiss sneakers? Is she on the K-Swiss bandwagon? I don't know what that means. You don't know K-Swiss? No. You've never heard of K-Swiss? Well, as you know, the Swiss are very fit. And so case no, just kidding. Um, I don't know. They just make like tennis shoes. It's oh. like Adidas, but with five stripes. Oh, that makes sense. Coach Kelly is undefeated, 69. Love it. <laughs> Icon. She came to slay. Always. Always. Dot Marie Jones. You know it. But then we see... Um, those flashes to her sewing her own dresses and the swing dancing. Here's Mr. Lang. Who is this man? (laughs) (laughs) Never have seen Mr. Lang before in our lives. He looks like a happy guy, though. And Coach Kelly looks great in her her swing dance outfit. Very fly. Yeah. I mean, she practices. She practices. Yeah. All right, Lizzie McGuire, bold choice playing flag football in a white (laughs) t-shirt, in a white shirt. Yes. Especially after tackling one kid straight into a mud pit earlier. Fearless. Did you love how she's trying to sack this kid, the opposing quarterback, and he randomly spin moves for no reason? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that was hilarious. I died. Lizzie is in a shirt that says American Girl. (laughs) Great camera work here. It's literally just her forehead and like so much headroom. It's literally like when I was in film school and they were like, yeah, this is too much headroom. <laughs> How apropos. Oh my God. I think that's what we... Uh, is that yeah, it? Is that I, everything? We could go deep. I think that's all we need. Okay. Although, okay. No, pause. Actually, one more. Miranda, what are you wearing to the flag football game? <laughs> she looks... I don't even know what she looks like. <laughs> It's like priest couture. Priest couture? <laughs> yeah. Or no. like happy feet. What? Ha- like a penguin? Like a penguin. All right, yeah. Priest couture slash penguin. <laughs> They're very similar. They kind of are. Yeah. What is a penguin but not a couture priest? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would you say that it is time to name MVPs? I would. Who is your MVP? Gotta give it to Coach Kelly. I agree. I was going to give mine to Coach Kelly, too. It's a runaway. It's, it's a not even runaway. close. It's not even close. No. She is the star of the episode. She is who she is unapologetically. Where's she been? Like, we need more Coach Kelly. She's not in the show enough. She's not. And we love to see her every time. Delightful. No wonder, as you have already said, she won Big Brother, Big Sister. Exactly. No wonder. These are her first two MVPs, I believe. That feels impossible. You never gave an MVP to Coach Kelly? No, I don't think I ever did. Wow. So congratulations to Coach Kelly. Better late than never. This puts a lot of pressure on. It's still not impossible for Matt McGuire to be our 
the most valuable player of the series because we have one episode to go. Wait, well, did the movie... I was going to ask if we are including the movie. I, uh, I think we should. It's still all in universe. Are Matt, Sam, and Joe even in the movie? They are. Like in a significant way? Yeah. Oh. Did they go to Italy? I can't, I can't disclose this information. <laughs> Matt, Matt McGuire goes randomly to Italy? All right, fine. Don't tell me. Whatever. You didn't want to know. and You already know too much. Is that a wrap? Um, yeah, no, that is a wrap on what was a, I don't know, an episode of Lizzie McGuire that just did not age great. Yeah, definitely in the bottom tier. Season two, episode 33, just one of the guys. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. Email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com, especially if you can identify the tunes. Yes. We have no prize for you, but you will get a shout out in the next yes. podcast. It's true. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. We have no prizes. Should we give? A, should we have a prize? Yeah. Yeah. Bragging rights. Yeah, you get bragging rights. As always, you can listen to any of our earlier episodes at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters, or on any platform our podcasts are available. And Marissa, I believe that this week there will be, you said no older and wiser? You know, Sam, it'll be a pleasant surprise if there is, both to the audience and to myself. Yeah, as Marissa mentioned, we <laughs> will be... <laughs> doing a lot of driving this week as we drive across the country so if it's there it's there if it's not you heard it here first <laughs> and sam and i will possibly be back next week i think we'll be back next week back next week one more episode episode 65 the final episode of lizzie mcguire oh my gosh imagine if we just like ended it here <laughs> if- never to be seen we got so close oh that's just so close oh too bad we just don't want it to end yeah it's true if we never finish it never ends yeah we'll be we'll be back next week to discuss the final episode of lizzie mcguire season two episode 34 magic train I can't believe it's the last one. Yeah, it's the last one. That's crazy. Yeah.